Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello, Polyam fam. Welcome to the episode. And don't mind the mess I've created here. I've just got all my stuff laid out, suitcase open, trying to figure out what to pack and what to leave behind. Oh, are you going somewhere? Well, I may be tripping, <laughs> but no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just trying to sort out all of my emotional baggage so I know what to bring with me on this journey through life and what's just weighing me down. This pile here mm. is all the stuff that's important to me. This pile is the stuff I'm willing to share with others. And this pile is what I can get rid of. So, wait, what's that pile? Oh, those are my unmentionables. Don't look at those. (laughs) At any rate, now that I've done some sorting, I guess it's time to pack this stuff up. I'm Monsida. And I'm Bella. And this is Talk Your Polly Off, presented by ilovepolly.org. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. You get to do our our theme song? Yeah. (laughs) So, I I guess I did have a little bit going on this week. Yeah? I did. Nothing super great, but, you know, this is a good chance to catch up, and it's fun. Yeah. So, I actually took my shoes off so that we could podcast, and I don't have squeaky feet on this (laughs) hardwood floor. And the reason is, is like for the last month, I've been having a hard time with back issues, right? Yeah. Like I'm feeling tighter, more tense, I'm having a harder time turning my neck to the left or right too far. And just about two or three days ago, I started getting this, like, this sciatic nerve pinch, right? Like, Spock is doing the Vulcan pinch on my butt. Yeah, I've got that down my left butt cheeks, down into my legs, so I understand. And I've been feeling in my heel that there's a lot of sharp pain. So I'm thinking these new shoes I bought about a month or two ago might actually be doing worse for me. Probably. Then good. Yeah. So last night when I was out with my wife, one of the great date things that we do, <laughs> that I do, I guess I would say, because you've experienced mm-hmm. this, is going out and doing like chore type responsibility things. Domestic like, errands. Right. I was like, I need to get new pants and I think I might need new shoes because my back's not right. Yeah. So I went and got these new shoes. Fancy. And they are fancy. And I'm really, today's my first day that I've gotten to use them. Mm -hmm. And they're actually already feeling like they're helping. Good. I'm not feeling sharp pains in my heel. That sciatic Spock pinch in my butt is kind of going away. We're getting so old. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's almost kind of good to bring up because we're talking about emotional baggage this week. Yeah. And... It goes to, like, real-life baggage. Sometimes you get to the point where you're like, well, this is just what I've got, so it's what i got to deal with. Right. And these new shoes, strangely, are are a reminder for me of the relevance of this episode. Like, I don't just have to deal with it. I recognize the problem. I recognize where I'm hurting, and Mm -hmm. I make the changes to fix it. And I wasn't going to go actually relate the shoes to the episode <laughs> it just worked out naturally but you know how i ramble but that kind of works the same way with my uh, weight loss journey as well 
Okay. This week, my Weight Watchers journey, I'm down three pounds. Congratulations. Yay. I have a terrible habit. I mean, I guess it's not that bad. I still pay attention, but I definitely, I weigh in on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So Thursday night, Friday, even into the Saturday are kind of my like relaxed cheat days. I can stretch my points a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, and then going into Sunday to early Thursday, I really tighten up and, you know, pay more attention, drink more water, all those things. Right. So, yeah, even though I got to enjoy some of last weekend, being a little bit looser on what I was eating and drinking, I still was really healthy and really good during the week and was able to drop the three pounds. So again, it's, you know, I'm hurting in certain areas and I pay more attention to it. And all of the weight gain has been from emotional baggage over the years. You hold on to it. And for me, it's manifesting in weight gains. (laughs) So now I'm trying to lose that baggage. Let it go. Yeah. And I think you're doing great. I know this journey, you've really buckled down on it recently. And I'm already seeing some changes. Yeah. And I think you're doing a fantastic job. I'm trying. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. <laughs> also, another weird thing this week, and I don't entirely know why it's been happening, is I've been waking up earlier than my alarm <laughs> by I a considerable that. amount every single day this week. Ugh. I get up at 4.45 in the morning mm-hmm. so I can go work my overly long job and come home just to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't get to sleep until moderately late. A lot of times because I'm doing something for the podcast or doing something to work toward our future. Right. So what little sleep I do get, I do cherish. And I really look forward to getting six hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. So every single day this week, starting on Tuesday... I've been getting up at least a half hour before my alarm. Yeah. There was one night I got up at like 3.20 in the morning. Didn't get back to bed until about 4.10. Yeah. So I could get an extra four or 40 minutes of sleep <laughs> before getting up to go to work. Like, right. I don't understand why it's happening. So it could be, again, the shoes. It could be just whatever's yeah. going on. Maybe you're just that excited about your day job. I, You know, it's a fun job when I'm there. I actually really do enjoy it most times because I get away with being me. Right. And I don't get in trouble for that. Right. So I'm cool with that. <laughs> At any rate. Yeah. What are we talking it all about back this in. week? Emotional baggage. Ooh. And last week I referenced Urban Dictionary for the relationship escalator stuff. Yes. Because I don't want to show a dictionary bias, (laughs) I'm going to go to Colin's Dictionary, which defines emotional baggage as the feelings you have about your past and the things which have happened to you, which often have a negative effect on your behavior and attitudes. Okay, so emotional baggage is the crap from our past having an effect on my emotions today. Right. All right. I did a little bit of research this week and got some some history on this. Um, this is like, like where do we get all this shit that we bag up and hold on to? Where does it come from? And according to Dr. Seth Myers, there are three basic categories of emotional baggage that people of any age, race, sexual identity, background, anything that they carry which can threaten a relationship. 
Number one, major problems with their family of origin. You can spot it usually by noticing when they're, you know, angry towards their parents most often. Maybe they've got big blow-ups at family events. Oftentimes it stems from some sort of emotional, verbal, or physical abuse Mm -hmm. from their family of origin long ago in their childhood. Maybe stuff hidden down deep that they don't realize. Uh, The second category of emotional baggage would be depression. This can be in anybody. It's not specific to what type of person or the history of the person. Anybody can feel depression at any point. Um, Usually you can spot this if you notice that your partner has become moody or antisocial. Maybe their self-esteem has dropped and they've become critical of themselves. Maybe they even complain and get irritated easily and start arguments and maybe they're often in tears. When you start seeing those things, it might just be a sign to you that, hey, my partner's struggling with depression. Mm. Uh, This is coming from somewhere else and I can help them out with this. And the third category of emotional baggage that Dr. Seth Meyers lists is the X factor. Of course, we all, well, most of us, I suppose, unless you're with a childhood sweetheart, have exes. Mm-hmm. You can spot this usually in the first few months of dating where your partner brings up their ex at least once a week. They've kept pictures and mementos of their ex. They still tell stories and speak about them with other friends. Maybe they try to get together for coffee because it was an amicable split. Um, Or even make comparisons between you and their ex. Okay. Now, Mm -hmm. my personal feeling... Yes. ...is that this Dr. Seth Myers Mm -hmm. might live a monogamous lifestyle. Probably. And this very last X factor, Mm -hmm. which is EX factor, (laughs) as in X partner. The X partner factor. That might come from monogamous mindset. Right. Not bad, just different. Because as you were saying these things, I was thinking, like, specifically about my wife, mm-hmm. whom her and I have been working together, where we might go out for the proverbial coffee and hang out. And I just, last night I spent the day with her. Right. Well, and f- for those people who don't know, I mean, she's your wife. Right. But you're currently separated. You don't live together. Right. So romantic relationship-wise, it appears as an ex situation, but she is still your wife. Right. And you're rebuilding. Uh, And then also thinking about a number of polyamorous individuals or, or what have you, myself included, there's this one person that I was seeing regularly. We are no longer seeing each other, but we can still be friends. Absolutely. And that still works. So, while I think that that's good, I did find a little bit of humor in that whole revisiting the past kind of thing. As an example, if you walk through this house, I still have pictures of my wife hanging. Of course. And it's not one of these things where I keep it hidden in a shoebox with a lock of (laughs) hair, and I'm smelling it, and I'm obsessing about it at three in the morning, and I'm Google searching, and... Using the Google Maps to look at the house so I can see <laughs> in the window. No, it's just when you have as much communication, which is often present in the polyamorous lifestyle, it's not strange or uncommon to still be on good terms with an ex. Absolutely, yeah. And And so seeing pictures of them around or some kind of memento, I think isn't as big a factor 
in general, like not as big a warning flag right. in a polyamorous lifestyle as it might be in a monogamous lifestyle. Well, I think it all depends on the situations, mm-hmm. right? And it depends on the level of obsession and our, you know, is every conversation that we have surrounding an ex, uh, are you constantly talking about this person? I know when I was fresh out of an abusive relationship and I had this X factor baggage going on and then I jumped in with my ex-girlfriend, all I could talk about was this ex. All I could talk about in the first few months of dating, my ex and I did this and my ex and I did that. And well, when my ex and I saw this movie, blah, blah, blah. I think I still even catch a little bit of that once in a while. Probably. I I have a lot. Most of my emotional baggage isn't around childhood trauma, isn't around depression. Most, some of it, most of my emotional baggage comes from the X factor in multiple relations, from multiple relationships. I think that's pretty enlightened for you to be able to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And, And more so to pinpoint where the baggage is. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, uh, thanks. <laughs> Curtsy. Ta-da. So regardless of my personal perception of the X factor mm-hmm. in Dr. Myers' examples, I do think that he's on point with quite a bit. And I do agree with quite a bit. Basically, our baggage is a collection of what we feel has been important in our life. And it's the things we use to help us survive scenarios in the future. It's like the analogy about touching the hot stove, right? Mm -hmm. So you do it once and it burns you and it hurts and you hate it. (laughs) So you learn not to keep touching it if you don't want to get burned. Right. And the same is true for life experiences and relationships. Is that the baggage is almost, if we want to take the negative connotation out of it... It is the survival skills that we're learning to build. These are the things that we are learning in order to be more successful going forward. You don't want to touch the hot stove. You want to be mindful of how you are treated by this person so that you know not to be treated by this person, this new person in the future, right? Right. So, I mean, I kind of take a... The way I see emotional baggage is... The baggage part is our experiences. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that tell me, hey, I have this abusive ex-partner. Ah, they've got some red flags, some things that came up that I didn't pay attention to last time. So I'm going to hyper pay attention to them this time because I know what happened when I didn't. Right. So our experiences, if we hold on to those, those shape how we safely maneuver relationships going forward. The emotional baggage part and the reason there's such a negative connotation around it is because we attach our feelings and emotions to those experiences, right? So instead of just looking at it as a fact, like I dated this asshole, he treated me like crap, this is what he did. I'm now angry and I'm upset and I'm hurt and I have these feelings around those factual things that he did. And that is affecting my future relationships because of the emotions around it. The fact that these things happened don't fuck up my relationships going forward. It's my emotions. That's what creates the emotional baggage. Right. So I agree with you that these experiences are good. This is how we shape our safety bubble. This is... 
These are the things that are going to protect me and I find my boundaries because of these past experiences and whatnot. But I need to figure out why I have such an emotional connection to that ex treating me like crap. Right. And how you can't let it go moving forward. Right. Why am I still holding on to it 10 years from the event? Okay. I get you. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, we have to carry some sort of baggage to be prepared for tomorrow. We want to pack our chapstick to prevent the dry lips, a rain jacket for bad weather, or a book of matches just in case we need to start a fire. But yes. I don't need to be emotional about my matches. Well, and you'll always have me for your matches because <laughs> I love starting fires. Fire, fire. All right, so here we are. We're on the bus stops and the tarmacs of do, our life's do, do, journeys. Yes. We're hopping from one major life point to another. Hopscotch. One relationship to another. And we have our life luggage with us. Yes. The stuff, our survival gear, souvenirs, and all the stuff we've collected along the way. Our hands are full. We got baggage pinched under our arms. We're pulling a cart <laughs> full of suitcases. And then the accident happens. Dun, dun, dun. Right? We trip or wreck or whatever it is. And all of our baggage tumbles down around us, spilling out our personals and everything we've gathered over the years, the little trinkets we picked up <laughs> for friends or from friends. Now we're sitting here with skin knees and our mess is out for the whole world to see what happens. Well, even if we don't have the big spill, what about when we've just carried around the baggage for so long and isn't something which brings us joy or even good feelings? Some baggage is going to wear out, be less useful or just become clutter. Right. And I've got a perfect example. Yes. I love going to concerts. Mm -hmm. And every concert I go to, I must buy a concert t-shirt. Because the concert t-shirts are different than what you'll get at like a Hot Topic or a Spencer's. They actually have like the tour dates for that year right. on the back. So it's, it's more of an emotional memento mm -hmm. or an emotional physical... A physical tie to the emotional feelings of going to that concert. Right. So in the morning when I get ready for work and I work in a relatively relaxed environment, I can wear concert shirts. Yeah. And I'm going through my closet. I'm like, oh, I really want to pick out my Wednesday 13 shirt because that was such a great night. Right. So I'm ready to go and I've got everything on and the day is going to be great. And I'm feeling good because I'm actually wearing the shirt that ties to a positive emotional memory for me. Right. And this happens over the course of maybe a couple of years. As the shirt's still good, I can wear it once every other week or so, once every three weeks. I positively reflect back to this concert for years. But then that day happens where I get a hole in my shirt and I realize it. Right. And maybe there's two holes and I didn't see the first one. Next thing you know, I'm wearing it just because I'm attached to it, and I'm I'm continuing to wear it despite the little hole, because maybe it won't be noticed. I don't wear it to work anymore. Maybe I will just wear it around the house. Eventually, it's just a ratty old t-shirt. Right. And now I'm carrying the shirt around in my life that should have been thrown away a year ago, but I can't let go, don't wanna let it go. of the emotions attached to this t-shirt yeah I get it I used to collect uh, tournament shirts from soccer and it would have the same thing 
it would have different tournament days, the city that we were visiting, that kind of stuff. Right. So basically, the emotional baggage is a lot like your favorite t-shirt, in that you carry it around for so long, and you enjoy it until it wears out, and you no longer enjoy it, and now you're starting to maybe be bitter or upset, because you're at a point where you, maybe you just need to let this memory go, and you're not ready for that. Right. Because I still have a couple of shirts in my closet, I'm like, oh, that was a really good show. Yeah. I don't want to throw it away. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut the picture out and frame it. Yeah. And you're you're finding a new way to carry that baggage around. Right. Because the old way doesn't work anymore. So, I mean, let's get a little bit more personal. Talk about our... Us, individually. Okay. Right? So, I mean, let's get personal. What... What are some examples from your personal experience? What's some emotional baggage that you're holding on to? If we go back to the doctor's three categories, you know, give me give me something, some baggage you're holding on to from your childhood and and something that you're holding on to maybe from a bout of depression and give me something from past relationships. Interesting question. Kind of caught me off guard. Give okay. me a second. No problem. So, from my childhood, I I do have a decent amount of childhood baggage that I've carried with me that, as an adult, I've worked on. My dad, in the time that he was in my life, was an alcoholic and a drug addict, and he was extremely abusive and often violent towards my mom and my brothers and I. Yeah. So he basically gave me a whole luggage just by himself, just with all that. And then, you know, when they split, there was there was the divorce stuff. And then even with my mom, as she didn't know how to process her own emotions and stuff, she spent a lot of her time working extra and trying to find her own validation through dating and relationships uh, as someone who doesn't process rejection well and so that also brought a whole string of potential baggage from the neglect to the just the juggling of people coming and going from the house so i i did have a bit that i had to work on Mm -hmm. from childhood and and i started processing that stuff relatively early as as a late teenager and it and it took a while to get through quite a bit of that but i feel like that stuff was pretty easy to get through yeah in the scope of things it was all right as far as depression goes when you're depressed and you're struggling emotionally i think that there's a really big amount of self-talk that happens which comes from a lot of overthinking and critical judgment errors and assumptions maybe where you create a script or a dialogue in your head to reinforce the depression Mm -hmm. the negative spiral right so as you're going along with that then you start packing more bags right and and i've had a decent amount of that as well and as you've watched in the last few months i've been 
working really hard at processing some of the stuff from this depression I've gone through with the separation of Mm -hmm. my wife and I. And, I mean, I don't know if it really, this, any of this actually really answers your question, but I know that it does hit me. Yeah. And I know that for me, the depression side of this, what I'm trying to unbaggage or leave behind is that negative script, that negative self-talk, the, the negative reinforcement yeah. that there's a reason why I'm being punished or whatever. Well, and I'll get to, at the end, like a way that people can try and unpack some of that baggage and let it go. Okay. Um, tell me something maybe from your first wife, like what emotional baggage might you have pulled from that relationship for the X factor? Well, I think that one, that one was easy. I, I was propagating a cycle of abuse that I retained from my father, I think in my first marriage because my first wife was abusive and addicted to drugs and alcohol and so it was kind of I wanted to get out of this but in some way I felt like I needed that and so I created that by searching for a pattern of someone I love in a total stranger and that someone I love you know being my father Mm -hmm. I was trying to find someone maybe and this is all speculation yeah like this isn't i wasn't sitting there with a pen and paper being like i must plot out who i'm going to find (laughs) i think that my brain was just looking for signs of love Mm -hmm. in a person using the association of parentage saying this is what someone that you love looks like and then i ended up seeing someone with similar things and and brought my i guess turn that person into an effigy <laughs> of who it is I could love, I guess. Right. But I also have other things that, that cause the, the emotional baggage, the relationship that I just recently had left mm-hmm. or gotten out of. It wasn't a long relationship. It was like six months. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I value depth and I value, like, with you and I, we're strong. We help each other. We support each other. Mm-hmm. You understand if I'm struggling, and you've put forth the effort to try to really work on that. You recognize that it's not necessarily personal towards you, and that I'm struggling, and you do care about me, so you work with me to try to get me out of my struggles. Right. And sometimes, I'm sure it feels absolutely personal to you. It's super fun. And it does feel like (laughs) lashing out, and there are times where that role is reversed. Right. So for me, one of the things I value in relationships is an ability to weather the hard times... So that you can enjoy the fun times. Right. And a person I was dating, I I feel like she was hoping just for the fun times. Because when we hit our second hard time in six months, there was a breakup text. Right. And and it wasn't... So what kind of baggage, what kind of emotional baggage did you take out of that? I, I think a little bit of trust issues. Yeah. A little bit of of the sense that, especially in perhaps some polyamorous circles where people are excited to date multiple people, Mm -hmm. a feeling of 
replaceability, like Uber replaceability. Right. It's more important to have three polyamorous relationships than to recognize that each of those three, three people is important and there's a reason for getting in that relationship. Right. So for me, a bit of baggage I'd pick up from something like that is, well, if you're not always fun, you're not a viable candidate for a partnership. Right. And so now I'm like, oh, geez, do I hide when I'm struggling or do I just jump out there and wave a top hat and a cane and try to dance all day? Like, I think that's a piece of baggage I would have gathered from that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what about you? (laughs) You asked me these questions. (laughs) What about you? Why don't, could you give me an example of each? Of each category? Childhood, the depression or the X factor. So from my childhood, I was so involved in sports and extracurricular activities, mostly sports. I grew up feeling like I had to win. Okay. I was competitive, and it was in a time when participants didn't get trophies, right? Which I'm, I hate that. Winners got trophies. Winners got trophies. Um, if you were second place, maybe you got a ribbon or something, but, you know, you win, you win. You're not special for just showing up. Right. You got to work hard and put in the effort and whatnot. So I think a piece of baggage that I take from my childhood is that now in anything, relationships included, I have to win. I have to be number one. And if I'm not, I'm a loser. So that's not necessarily from an abusive parent or anything like that, but it's still an experience that I have emotions attached to. And it's a great example of something other than the typical abusive Right. I had a great childhood. You know, I really, I didn't have abusive parents. We traveled the country. My mom was a teacher. My dad worked full time as well. Then there were four of us kids, two boys, two girls. Mom stayed home after all of us were born and we crafted and like I had a really super wholesome upbringing. Um, But it doesn't mean I don't have baggage from it. Right. And then, let's see, what's the second one? Depression. Depression. Depression's hard. I don't really struggle hard with bouts. I get these little blips of depression. Um, And more so lately that I've gained weight and I'm not feeling as confident as I used to. That hits. And then my social circle and some issues with um, some of the stuff going on in today's world. I can find myself in a bit of depression. I do tend to fake it till I make it when I'm in those bits and most of the time people don't know that it's a fake smile because I have such an infectious laugh and giggle uh only those close to me really know when I'm struggling when I'm struggling hard but let's see what kind of emotional baggage do I have from it um I think it's probably tied up still into the winner competitive side when I'm feeling depressed I'm not feeling good enough whether I'm too fat or too this or not enough that, um, suddenly I'm a loser. I'm no good. Why would anybody want a relationship with me? And so that wraps up into this like fear of abandonment. And um, it's definitely a fear once I'm in. The baggage that I pull from depression modes is a fear-based baggage for sure. Okay. So then what about the X factor? The X Factor is probably my biggest one. I've got some abusive exes, um, some of which 
I don't think knew they were being abusive, whether they were just narcissistic assholes or nobody was ever physically abusive. I've got some emotional and verbally abusive exes. I mean, really bad, like bad name calling, um, bad things. <laughs> like gaslighting. And A lot of gaslighting. Things to intentionally attack your self-confidence, your self-worth. Right. This one in particular, he pulled me away from my family. Uh, we ended up like homeless for a summer. It just, it got really bad. He made me believe the craziest things. And looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's super easy to see those red flags now. And what was I thinking moments? Right. But at the time, it I was super like, no, you you guys are wrong about him. So I think from all of these relationships combined, I definitely have trust issues. I don't let people in because I used to be the person that wore my heart on the sleeve, right? And I was out there and I loved everybody, super free loving, believed the good in everyone. And I still have some of this. Like, that's just who I am at, at, at heart. Right. I believe the best in everyone. Everyone's got great intentions. No one is malicious on purpose. However, now I'm a bit jaded. So now I've got walls up. I don't let people in. I don't trust people. Women are usually manipulative for me from my experience. So I don't, I don't have girlfriends. Uh, men typically just want sex. So I don't have partners because I don't trust them. It's a whole bad cycle. So that's where most of my emotional baggage comes in is with the trust issues from the X factor. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that wear your heart on the sleeve stuff. Because I also feel like that's where I was for a, a super long time. And only recently have had a hard time being that way again. Because right. what I've found is that that's when I'm happiest in my life. Is when I'm good, right? When I am just going to love you because you're there... It doesn't mean that I'm trying to get in the sack with you. It doesn't mean that I have ulterior motives or I'm waiting for you to move in. Like, it could just be that you're my friend and I love you because you bring that value to my life. I love you for I, who you are. That I don't get without you, yeah. Yeah. And the more emotional baggage that we bring up, the more I think that we're so focused on the things that we're carrying that we forget about those moments. I'd love to go back to wearing mm -hmm. my heart on my sleeve and being open and making connections and not being worried that I have to be the fun guy or I'm not valuable. Or in the case of my first wife, that I'm trying to generate a view of what love is based on past hurt. Right. Or any of the other number of relationships that have happened in my life where it was good until it wasn't. And then because it wasn't and I wasn't ready for it to not be good, I picked up a souvenir. Right. To put in all my bags. So then, you know, we're talking about poly and all these other relationships people have. Is emotional baggage any different in poly relationships? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think it comes to the surface sooner. Um, but only because of the amount of communication. So I feel like p people tend to be more upfront and open about their baggage in poly relationships. They don't want to waste each other's time, right? So we're all free and open 
for the most part. Some people are polyfidelous and they don't date outside their relationship. But we're all free and open to make connections and date right. anybody that we want to. So nobody wants to waste anyone's time. If you don't click, you don't click. So I have found in the dating world of poly, people are very clear up front about their boundaries and their wants and needs and desires, red flags, you know, hard limits, a bunch mm. of things. So I feel like emotional baggage, things that might trigger somebody else, that discussion comes up pretty early in poly relationships. It does. It happened on a first date for me, I think on two or three different instances. Yeah. Like the first date. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's not a gossip thing. It's they wanted to know so that they were aware of what they were getting into. And I think that's a fantastic thing. Well, yeah. And more people should do that right away. It's the same thing we've talked about. I think we discussed it in the little bit of a mental health episode that we did in the very beginning where... People need to talk about mental health issues right up front. Mm -hmm. It doesn't put a bad stigma on it. It means I know what, I know all of you, not the best face that you want to show me, but I'm getting to know all your facets and your bipolar is part of it. I need to decide if that's something that I can live with and handle and talking about your metas and just getting to know all of it. Um, And again, I think that the, the communication in the poly world while not perfect, is definitely above anything I experienced in the monogamous world. I would have to agree with that. I think the one downfall that I could potentially see is that I believe, and this could be some emotional baggage that I'm carrying, Right. I believe that because, especially with new polyamorous people, They're just getting into the lifestyle. The excitement of being able to date all these people is fantastic. It's fun. It's spicing the life or whatever it is that you want to call it. I sometimes feel almost like it's too quick or too easy to see the baggage and say, that's not perfect or it's not even close to my ideal So I don't really have an interest. I don't want to get involved with that. Right. And that's, I mean, that's great. And that helps you understand if you want a deeper connection and you're going on a date with someone who maybe isn't looking for that, it helps you realize that right away. Right. So on one hand, I see it as being a minor flaw or a potential unsightliness from my view. Right. But also, if you if you pay attention to the other side of that, is it is a good benefit because it does help you see who's willing to go to what lengths. Because if we're all in it for love, part of love is compassion and taking care of the people around you. Absolutely. That's my experience in life. And that's what I look for when I look for partners. Yep. I don't just want someone I can hang out and go on dates with and only have good times with. I want, I want more than fair weather relationships. Right, right. So essentially, dropping back into the luggage metaphors, I think it's important to understand what what to pack for your journey and what to leave behind. Packing bags is an exercise in thought work, and I'm sure most of us have done it when preparing for a trip or a vacation. Mm -hmm. We have our suitcase open, we're trying to figure out what to put in there. Maybe I should bring my swimsuit in case we get a motel with a pool. I should pack a book or two. 
in case I find time to read. Mm-hmm. Like two books <laughs> on a vacation, right? And I've done it. Oh, man. I wish we had the time for that these days. Right. Maybe a couple extra pairs of socks is good. You just never know when you're going to get your feet stuck in mud. Oh, and so another pair of shoes <laughs> is a good idea. Because if the socks are going to get that bad, you're damn sure you're soiled your shoes. Right. Do I have my laptop, my computer tablet, my music player? Oh, the good camera? Mm-hmm. Don't forget the good evening clothes in case you find yourself enjoying some posh nightlife. <laughs> like, after a bit of time left alone, you have so much stuff in your suitcase, you can't fit your regular clothes. Which, of course, you have an extra three outfits packed. You never know. Just a case. Totally. You basically have to decide if you can cram all this in your bag and risk breaking the zipper, choosing to bring an extra bag... Or figuring out what to leave behind. And no one wants to leave anything behind because what if? Right. We all have to pick and choose what helps us in the future and what emotions we can let go of. Here we've talked a lot about the warning signs and why we all have emotional baggage that can affect our relationships. So how do we let it go? How can we move past that trauma and enjoy our current relationships without tainting them? Chris Hart from Medium.com wrote about using acceptance as a way of letting go of baggage. His article, Five Not-So-Easy Steps of Letting Go of Emotional Baggage, has given me some great insight. This is what Hart says about acceptance. Quote, Acceptance is taking the emotion out of the events around us and seeing them for what they are. Acceptance can be thought of as removing the positive and negative of the event and seeing it from a pragmatic perspective. When you accept something... You're no longer attached or clouded by the emotion, end quote. So I'm going to wrap this up here with his five steps of letting it all go. And we're going to link the website in the show notes so that way you can see it in a more in-depth form. I just want to give you a little bit of preview of the five steps. So step number one, evaluate the situation. Pick an event, one of your traumatic memories that is upsetting for you, and write out a detailed account of everything that happened and everything you experienced. The more detailed, the better. Vivid details are everything here, especially anything that brings up negative emotions. Step two, identify the emotions you experienced, both good and bad, in that event. List out all the emotions attributed to the event. Good, bad, all of it. Step three, Write a statement of when you experienced each emotion and why. For each emotion that you previously listed, write down when you felt this, and after that statement, ask yourself, why did I feel this? Follow that up with, because of this reason. So you continue to ask yourself why you felt that way over and over until you're emphasizing the same emotion again and again. Hmm. So for example, if I was to say... um, I feel angry at my ex for the way he treated me. Mm -hmm. Well, why do I feel angry? I feel angry because I'm disappointed that I allowed the treatment to go on. Mm -hmm. Well, why are you disappointed you allowed the treatment to go on? Because I have higher standards and I know better. Okay, well, why do you know better? Why didn't you fix it? Or so on and so on. You just continue to ask why you felt that way as you break down this one event, this one emotion. Okay. Okay, so that's the first three. Step four, you address the pain you experienced in the past. So once you know the root of emotions you're dealing with, you can address the pain. 
You have to come to peace with the pain from the past so it will no longer haunt you. To do this, you have three options. Empathize with yourself, give yourself love and encouragement, um, or you can remind yourself that you're safe now and that what hurt you in the past isn't hurting you now, or you can give yourself permission to heal. And of course you can do all three. Some people might struggle with one or the other. So in order to come to peace with that pain, find which one of those options works for you. Now, I do want to take a minute to point this one thing out. Because mm-hmm. I think if I were to go back to the discussion about depression and creating that self-talk, right? right? You're creating that script in your head of all the reasons why you're depressed or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. At this point in this five-step program, right? this is the point where a depressed mind or a hurt mind might run that script that negative self-talk this happened because i'm worthless or this happened because i'm not good enough if you notice to what bella was just saying those three things none of that script is even close to those three things so if you are going to try to run this five-step program when you get to this point remember your script from your negative place has no place here So when you're at this point, once you know your root emotions and you're trying to address them and you're giving yourself these options, that script is not one of the options. I just, yeah, that couldn't be something that's more emphasized for me. Mm -hmm. And I would wager, hopefully, at least one listener needs to hear that. Right. And this isn't going to... Probably a lot. It's not going to work for everybody. You know, some people are so deep in depression that the only way out is going to be talking to their therapist and getting medical help. Well, you know, it's it's not for everyone. This is just an over generalized step process for the majority of I would disagree. I think this would be for everyone. Yeah. It's just very difficult to get past that script. Yeah. And so it's almost like, I mean, anyone can be good at anything. In theory, and you know, I can preface it with almost, but mm-hmm. I'm going to simplify the hell out of this. Anyone could be good at anything with enough training and practice. Right. Not every brain surgeon was born with the skills of brain surgery. Yeah. Obviously, there are some exceptions to this rule. But when you're running in depression, it's especially important, even more so, the more depressed you are, to pay attention to this step four and to realize the script is not there. So I would I would actually argue that it's more important for the super deep depression people to be reminded the script isn't here and being given permission that you don't have to listen to the script at this point. Right. So let's say... In addition to getting therapy and yeah, professional help. Let's say that they're a depressed person sitting there in fear of abandonment and so their main emotion is fear right Mm -hmm. they're afraid to be left alone no one's going to love them all the negative self-talk so once they finally figure out the root emotion there is a fear that's when even if you do all three of these things you know empathize with yourself give yourself love and encouragement okay i'm afraid my partner is going to leave me and i'm going to be left alone regardless what they do i love myself and I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then the next one, remind yourself that you're safe now. 
I may have been abandoned in the past and, you know, my father left me and, um, I know I'm okay now. I'm safe. I've got a roof over my head. I've got a, a stable job or I've got friends or whatever support system. But that, that fear and that abandonment that happened in my past isn't happening now. I'm safe now. And the third one, giving yourself permission to heal. I may have went through this before and I was strong then and I'm strong now and it's okay to let that heal over mm -hmm. and understand that it happened and I learned and I grew and I'm safe now and new experiences are going to take over and I'll see that what happened in my past doesn't have to be my future. Right. So the fifth step of all of this is letting go of that baggage. And Chris Hart says in his article that this is the hardest of all five difficult steps. He wraps up his article by saying, quote, the only amount of power it holds over you is the power you give to it. This is your emotional baggage. You need to take back that power. These events or situations are in the past. They hold no more power over you than you give them. They're not actively harming. It is the memory of the event, the event's ghosts that are harming you. You're giving this memory power every time you allow it to trigger you. You have to take back that power. If you take back the power, if you consciously choose not to feel the pain over the event and instead recognize that moving forward and looking at the present is the way to overcome the event, you will no longer be harmed by it, end quote. And again, we'll, we'll list the full article so you can see his words incomplete. And one of the things to remember, no matter what pain you're going through, no matter what you're suffering, no matter what baggage you're carrying... With all of this stuff, you've survived all of it. You're a badass. Go look in the right? mirror right now. You're a badass because you've outlived every single thing that's hurt you so all far. All these bad events. So that's, I mean, that alone right there is enough to say, hey, you could probably put some of those bags down because you got this. Right. Anyway, so that's a lot of deep information mm -hmm. and super good stuff. I'd also like to share a website regarding emotional baggage. Okay. This isn't uh, one that's filled with deep self-help stuff, at least not in a traditional way. So when you have a moment, go check out EmotionalBaggageCheck.com. Here's how it works. You get to the site and have two options. You can check your baggage or you can carry the baggage. When you check the baggage, you're putting something out there that's in your luggage. Something you've been carrying. Right. My last partner abandoned me. Right. My dad used to beat me. Whatever right. it is. Check that baggage. Okay? And you literally click check. Yeah, check your baggage. Okay. Or you can carry the baggage. And when you carry the baggage, you're able to read someone else's baggage. It's anonymous. Mm -hmm. So anything you read is done anonymously. And you're able to offer your own commentary on one of these posted baggage checks. Interesting. There's a spot you can even add a link or a song to a YouTube video, something else you might find helpful. So if I choose to carry my baggage, because I'm not ready to anonymously share it on this website yet, mm -hmm. I'm not ready to let it go, mm -hmm. I'm going to click carry my baggage, and I'm going to see someone else's story, someone else's baggage that I can maybe help them with. Yeah. Okay. Right. And at that point, you could share what you feel 
would be a good way to help them let go of that baggage. Like maybe link to one of our episodes? Exactly like Ta-da! This is a bit of a pay it forward mentality where we can help each other out, which is really, in my mind, pretty cool. Yeah. I'm all about that pay it forward movement. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm suggesting EmotionalBaggageCheck.com is twofold. First, to give a place for listeners to check their own baggage. And second, to use the site as an exercise on how to manage emotional baggage by responding to some baggage that isn't our own personal issues. Right, there's no personal connection, so maybe you can help them. Right, and you can see the logic because the personal feelings aren't hurting you as much. I'm great at giving advice. Do I always follow my own advice? Not so much. Perhaps by helping others with their baggage, we can learn how to help ourselves as we manage through our own. Right, right. Well, you know, as we're... Running out of time here, mm-hmm. I'd like to ask you, what are you personally taking away from this episode? Mm. There was a lot that I put into this episode, mm-hmm. and it gave me a lot of, what's that word? Perspective? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, what I'm personally taking from this episode is to learn how to pack light. I want to improve my own thought work. I want to get better at how I handle things or how I process feelings around major life events. And I want to learn how to let go of things in a way that I don't have to forget about them, but I don't have to carry them around. Right. Basically, what I want to do is I want to keep remembering that I'm more prepared for tomorrow's experiences when I'm not so busy worrying about yesterday's luggage. Yeah. And that it's all right to not pack everything and learn how to travel light. Because no matter what you got in your bags, you're going to be able to handle your future. Because that's what we do. Right, right, for sure. So what's your takeaway? I actually loved the research for this episode. I really want to check out the website that you listed. But for me, learning the five steps to letting it go. Mm-hmm. Because you know I love to journal. And I love to write things down. So I'm really taking away those self-improvement steps and finding those little things that, you know, maybe are still causing my trust issues, which I think is a big part of the baggage I'm still holding on to today. Yeah. So maybe working through that, those trust issues, using those five steps, writing it down, drilling down each individual feeling and letting them go. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. This has been a pretty heavy episode. Yeah. We've talked about a lot, hopefully giving you some tools, some good information. And of course, as always, if you enjoy our show, please leave us a five-star rating and review. If you enjoy it. <laughs> you know you enjoy our right. show. Right. When you enjoy it. <laughs> and share it with your friends. Let people know about it. The more reviews, the easier it is for other people to be able to find us. We want to help break down the stigma and normalize consensual non-monogamy and really just better relationships in general. And we need your help to spread the word. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash I love Polly. You can find us at I love You can find us on Instagram at I love Polly cares or on Twitter at I love Polly. And we're always looking for your happy Polly moments to share on the show. So please email us your moment at podcast at I love Right. And we will be sharing some of the links that we talked about in the show notes down here. So go on down there and check those out if you want. And 
all that great stuff that Bella told you. <laughs> if you forgot, that's also linked in the show notes. Yep. So I suppose until next time. We should probably go get some stuff done. Yeah. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella. And Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links. Or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.